This is Company, I'm Sky Manson. Today, my guest is really living the life that I would love to live as a rural content maker. Kimberly Furness is the editor and founder of Oak Magazine in Victoria and the A Friend of Mine podcast. This year, she is the Victorian winner of the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award, which will see her creating an audio version of her popular magazine. And I learnt through this conversation, she's just bought a van that she's fitting out so she can travel to rural areas to record more stories. To me, that is the dream. I love magazines. I really cannot get enough of them. And it is beyond exciting to see so many of them flourishing in regional Australia. Oak is no exception. And it was a delight for me to steal an hour with Kimberly to record this conversation. actually nice to come off the back of the last two years. Um, I live in Victoria. So um, yeah, we've sort of been in and out of lockdowns. And my focus this year is just to find some rhythm, you know, after that, I think that's been such stop start. And I think personally, and in terms of business, that can be really hard just to, I suppose, to find some cadence and, and consistency. But even though, you know, I say that, I mean, my gosh, even the The first six months of this year has been, you know, sort of a bit of a stop start as well. Still grappling with those flow on effects of of COVID, you know, such as isolation. Like I've had writers and graphic designers that have had to take a week off here and there because, you know, either themselves are sick or, you know, maybe someone in their family. Oh my gosh, the cost of paper. So obviously with the print mag. And just the types of stock that are available as well. So, oh, even photographers, I mean, they've booked out further than ever. So there's still those, I suppose, those hurdles that I'm dealing with. But my gosh, to have kicked off 2022 with, look, even being named a finalist in the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award was incredible. Like that was just the pinnacle, like even just to get through to the um, phone call stage. But then to have won it took a while to sink in. But yeah, I I feel like 2022 is my year. Might be something to do with even numbers. I don't know. (laughs) I love that. I'm so glad that you, you know, you can, you have the confidence to say that too. That's so wonderful. Tell me about the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award process and what your, what your project will be for the year. I suppose in the past through Oak, you know, I've got to interview past finalists and winners and like I've seen what an amazing group of connectors these women are. I looked at it, I thought, oh my gosh, I'd love to be part of that alumni and to be part of that community and be able to connect in, you know, with so many other things. And I think now that that is a reality is an absolute game changer for me. And the process really, it was an 11th hour decision. Mm-hmm. I think I know. Isn't all awards an 11th hour thing anyway? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Down to the deadline. (laughs) Uh, I think it was 11.58 p.m. Mine got in uh, and I might have started at 8 p.m. that night. But I suppose what had helped beforehand is that I'd been working on a few other award applications like business awards. So I was very confident in who I am and what I want to do, if that makes sense, because there's some of the questions I'll ask and, you know, what is your vision and your values and that sort of thing. I was glad to have got it in, to be honest, because I usually miss out. I press send and it's like, nope, form closed. 
like, damn it, <laughs> deadlines, no good. But, you know, I think to have got the phone call to say, look, you've been shortlisted and then to make the final three, I think I cried at both instances and I'm, I'm not an emotional person. But, you know, as a business owner, you're often asking yourself, like, am I on the right track? Am I making an impact with what I'm doing? Am I creating change? Like this is, this is the conversation that I have with myself all the time. And I suppose the award, like being named a finalist, which was a complete surprise, I actually took my podcast gear to interview the winner because I was convinced that it was one of the other two. <laughs> it's just given me just that validation that I, I think we need every now and then to keep going, you know, and it's just, it has been like, I can see how pivotal it's been in just rekindling that faith in myself that, Yes, I have so much more to contribute to the media landscape for rural and regional women, and I am on the right track. What I was pitching to them as part of my project was to produce an audio version of the magazine. So, yes, I already have the podcast, but in terms of the print magazine, I mean, that's only, you know, there's there's actually people that, you know, we're excluding from it, and that's not ever what I want to do. So by producing an audio version, you know, we're, bringing our stories to life for women who have a visual impairment, maybe a learning difficulty or low literacy levels. It could just be that some of us like to listen to a magazine as we're driving. I mean, for me, that's the ultimate. So that was the project that I pitched and, you know, it'll employ radio journalists, hopefully based in the bush um, to create and produce the content. And I'm not sure if you can relate to this sky, but, you know, when you're in the media landscape, whether it be TV, print, or radio, we generally work in the city and then we might marry a farmer or return home to have a family. And it's really hard to get back into that industry. So I suppose I'm hoping that Oak in itself, whether it be print or audio now, you know, we can engage some of those writers and, and journalists again. Oh, I love everything about it. <laughs> Being a red hot podcaster myself, it's so wonderful to hear that you want to extend the wings of of oak if you like by reaching more audiences through audio storytelling and I think there's so much happening in that space it is a really mm -hmm. busy space but it's definitely a way to be able to give your audience more I think and so I can't wait to hear it that's awesome <laughs> will it be like stories that don't make it into the magazine or will it be no so it's going to be specifically the magazine so I, I think I think back to my childhood you know those books and they have that beautiful little ting like when you have to turn the page oh, <laughs> yes. yeah like literally the audio book with um some visual descriptions of well you know pictured is a woman smiling sitting on a bench or something like that literally an audio version of the magazine, um, mm. which I've just got to get my head around it. I think I, I know what I want it to look like, but you know, like all things, they're little puzzle pieces that have got to come together. And how do you look at podcast subscriptions? I suppose. So people paying for the content as well. I'm probably pretty firm on the fact that whether it's print, digital or audio, it's the same price across the board. I think, you know, the value of it is the same. I don't know, as a content creator, you'd be the same as this. So often we do so much for free. Um, and it's just expected, isn't it? I think there's got to come to a point where we need to start paying for these types of things because it does then, you know, it pays me, it pays another rider, it supports their family. Like it, it's just a flow and effect. So um, I think we need to look at content a little, little differently um, for here on in. Do you get the feeling that the tide is 
slightly changing at the moment Mm. or has it already changed in your mind? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I suppose, you know, you've got to look at what's out there already and it's paywalls with, you know, newspapers. They probably haven't set the best expectation of of, uh, paying for content, unfortunately. But I'm hoping that the audience that we're speaking to, Sky, which is, you know, other women, I feel that they will, like they'll understand why this needs to happen. And, And it is literally so we can pay our writers, you know. I mean, how long do you spend putting a podcast together, do you think, from interview? like prepping your interview questions to actually getting it up online. It'll be a f- at least a four-hour turnaround. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an incredible amount of free content for us to be producing. On and, a weekly basis. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, cool. we need to do some of that, and, and I still do. I, I think there's got to be a point where, yeah, we, we do need to pay. Look, Spotify and Apple have both brought in paid subscriptions. But again, like when you dig into that, Apple allow you in the first year to keep 75% of your revenue. On the second year, it's 85. And I think on the third year, you can keep 100%. Like that's on top of, you know, Stripe payment fees, like all these other things that we have to pay for it. Like, I don't know, just you can tell that this is the space I've been working in this week. Mm. And I'm like, my gosh, how do I make this work? Obviously, I have a grant that's going to help, which is incredible. You know, that's 15K, but I'd, I'd love to put that more towards um you know, helping pay for more journalists. The more journalists yeah. I can pay, the more quality stories we can produce. And I just it just has a beautiful round effect for us all. How does this play into the movement of the difficult time, I suppose is the way, the way to say it, of the publishing industry mm. over the last two years? It's so awesome that Oak is still going. There's many publications that are not still going. Interestingly, there wasn't a point in those two years where I thought this is it. I, there's other times during that early process, probably around issues three, four, and five, I probably thought, oh, I don't know how this is going to work, it's just in terms of putting more money into it. But, yeah, during those two years, no, I didn't. I didn't at a point think, yep, this is it. I, I don't know how to make this work. I think I was so depressed by being at home with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even think outside of that. You know, it's not our default in our family for me to be that stay-at-home parent. That That's my husband's job. <laughs> and he's a school teacher. So I literally thought he was going to be home um, helping to uh, homeschool our four. But interestingly, like, I, I mean, I still got a couple of issues out that was hard work. When I look at revenue for those last two years, it was actually our best of any other period, which is crazy. Like, you know, our subscriptions increase. So I think more people were wanting to take time off digital to start, you know, just sit back and actually enjoy a print magazine. There's something about holding print. You you know, you can sometimes Mm. just forget everything else. You read a story differently. You feel it. So I think that was a big thing, the subscription-based. But, yeah, just being able to bring out the podcast, that happened uh, during COVID. So that was sort of my way of continuing to create content and add value, um, doing some IGTVs, doing online workshops. So I have a social media training background and I thought, oh, maybe I'll do some online ones. And, yeah, that was just a great community builder as well. So I suppose I'm really, really lucky to be a small independent publisher. I can understand how the bigger guys struggled you know to keep everything afloat whereas you know being small small overhead costs that sort of thing and and being able to pivot really quickly and I've never put my eggs in one basket that's always been the thing like oak has been a community both online and 
offline. And I think that really helped. And just being honest with everyone, like, hey, I literally can't publish a print magazine at the moment. You know, everyone that we employ and engage, look, I want to say 60%, maybe more, are mums. So, you know, everyone else has competing priorities at the moment too. Mm. Okay. So since Oak has first started, tell me what it looked like in the beginning (laughs) and how it's different now. Oh gosh, it's so embarrassing to um, even call it a magazine. Honestly, it was 24 pages. It was tiny, tiny, tiny. But literally I got that done in six weeks and that's from concept to actually getting the printed copy. So there's a two week, you know, buffer in there Mm. to get a printed product. So I suppose, you know, 24 pages is probably not a bad effort actually. Mm. At that time, it was only Vic, New South Wales, So just literally over the border, I think it was uh, Moama was our New South Wales story. (laughs) So that's sort of how I got the two states in there. But now it's, you know, 100 plus pages. It's really high quality GSM, so heavy stock. It's got a linen front cover. Um, It's got foiling and, yeah, 100 plus pages and we cover the whole of Australia. So I think, what is it, from little things, big things grow is certainly the best way to look at Oak. And, and when you put all the spines up together and I didn't do this, someone else did this for me. She took a photo of it and just said, you know, you can really see the growth of yeah. Oak just looking at those spines and how often do we stop and look at that stuff? Oh, I, I love Too that. busy going to the next. Uh, yes, totally. It is such a sausage factory, but as a consumer, love the spines. Yeah. More yeah. my magazines are like behind the desk in little <laughs> folders and you can see all, and it's the same with other publications too. You can yeah, see how they've grown in thickness and, and how yeah. the, yeah, the style has been bedded down. And, oh, and that's the thing I can see in every issue, just those little extra bits that we're getting done and putting in. And at the start, a lot of people just wanted to be involved, which was so, so, I'm so grateful for it, you know, and would contribute photography and and writing. And I'm so glad that I'm at a stage now where I can pay them, you know, and I know we should always be paid. Absolutely. You know, but I think when in those early stages, like that's how that collaboration works is that, you know, well, if you could write a story for me, I'm happy to do some social media training for you or build a website or like, what do you need? What can I help you with in return? Whereas now it's, um, yeah, send me that invoice and yeah, I'll get it paid now. It's, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. To be at this stage. What inspired you to start your own magazine? How I describe it is like lots of little puzzle pieces and I, and I can see those puzzle pieces that I've collected, you know, from childhood, you know, driving around with, around with my grandparents when I was really young um, to my grandfather was a relief school teacher. So he would go to rural schools and obviously relieve the principal there and I would go with him and Nan and I'd stay in the caravan and, you know, sometimes get to go into the school for a day and sit there. You know, I've had a love of magazines forever. Like, you know, I've had a magazine for every stage of my life. And I'm probably reading Cosmo and Cleo far too early. Dolly. But (laughs) I think I skipped Dolly and Girlfriend. I think you went straight to the hard stuff. (laughs) I went straight to the hard stuff. So, you know, I, I think that was my sex ed right there. Yeah. And then. You know, work experience was probably a massive puzzle piece. In year nine, I had a homeroom English teacher sit me down and say, hey, what are you doing 
for work experience next year. And I said, look, I have no idea. I, that's a thing. I, I literally didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And like, if you ask me now, I can say with a little bit more conviction that, yeah, I want to be a publisher. Like I, I love what I'm doing now, but back then, you know, some people were able to quickly say, I want to be a teacher or a nurse or something like that. And yeah, I had no idea. And she said, do you know, you can write. And that was the first time that ever, you know, anyone had ever said that to me. And so I went and did work experience at a small rural newspaper called the Nil Free Press. Uh, Nil is halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide, tiny, tiny town. I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was cut and paste back then. No digital involved at all. You literally print off the story, cut it and paste it on a big A1 sheet, and then they get printed. And I went back every single school holidays uh, throughout year 10, 11, and 12. After school, that, that middle year, until I got my foot in the door at our local newspaper, then went and did an intern at Cosmo and thought, wow, this, this is more what I like. Like it's not the politics, you know, of a newsroom or even politics in general. It's, it's telling stories. And so I went and did beauty therapy because I thought, oh, to be a beauty editor, I might need to be a beauty therapist. So that was a really... Mm-hmm. Um, a really weird left-hand turn. But anyway, I got That's back awesome. into corporate comms. <laughs> so if you need a massage or some eyebrow waxing or anything, like yeah. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your girl. <laughs> but yeah, also obviously. Thing around that too, about creating like beauty. I used to work with a lady who was the maitre d' at a day spa and just her creativeness in creating spaces and ambience and feelings and is all part of what what she does now. And I think it all, in anything that you do, there's, you can take something from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I would love to design a signature scent for oak, I think. Oh, um, how good would yeah, that be? Yeah, like, oh, it, yeah. And I think just scent in general for me, like from the day spa, um, I worked in a day spa in Melbourne there after, like while I was studying. And it was the most amazing thing in terms of, moving from Bendigo to Melbourne for that period as well. So to be in the city, yeah, just a real cultural awareness uh, experience. But, you know, to work with women, we were all women, apart from the owner of the the day spa who was male. I loved it, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. So maybe there's a puzzle piece there. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I got into corporate marketing comms and then fell into my own business. I just had some spare time on a train commuting to Melbourne at the time. I wanted to see what my skill set was like up against the city because I never went to uni and that's probably, I think probably something I need to go and see a psychologist about just that whole, like, I'm not good enough because I don't have a piece of paper that I'm somehow less because of that. But I suppose, you know, the flip side of that is the work experience that you gain sometimes in between. Anyhow. Um, yeah, I just, I started my own business and, and then I started traveling around regional and rural uh, Vic and New South Wales doing social media uh, workshops and listening to people tell me why they started their business. And primarily it was the women that attended these courses. And I would go home and I would tell people, and then I would be like, why are we condensing these stories into 2000 characters or less? And one pretty picture, these stories need to be lifted off and and put into a magazine. And I suppose one day all the puzzle pieces came together. I just needed that opportunity. And that was um, an event where I was a guest speaker. I was allowed to put something in the gift bag and I decided to do a magazine 
that's how it sort of all started. It was it was literally a ticker box thing at that stage, I think. I mean, I probably back in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, imagine if this took off. Literally just wanted to say, yep, I've, I've created that. Well done. People just said, hey, where where can we sign up? Where can we subscribe? When's the next one coming out? I'm like, oh my God, what have I just created? And <laughs> yeah, I suppose it was a bit of a juggle there with the two businesses, working a bit of corporate as well. And um, yeah, now I've just settled right into Oak. That's no longer a side hustle. I think it is the probably living the dream actually. Yeah. Tell me when the moment was where you were like, oh, okay, I've got to do the next issue. So you get the first issue done. And I think that's a really telling moment at the end of the first issue when you're like, oh, right, <laughs> I've got to keep going with this. <laughs> I usually take some time off after each issue. It's like a decompress moment, Sky. I, I need to breathe. I know we say, you know, don't glorify busy or hustle, but my God, you hustle hard and you work long hours just to get that to print and it's only like a short period it's like a two-week period that it's insane and then I just I stop and I don't do anything (laughs) I fall in a heap Mm. but I think I can remember two moments where I thought wow I like just to own that I am a publisher we're at an event and I you know they say oh hi who are you and what do you do and I said I run a digital marketing business and I also do a magazine and it was my girlfriend that pulled me aside and she said like stop down playing what you do. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you are a publisher. You need to lead with that. You know, Oak is is amazing and, and you need to be telling more people about it. So I remember that part as well. And um, the second one was working for someone. I went back into corporate and it wasn't a great experience and I left there. And, you know, when I left, I was, you know, said, hey, can we leave you with some feedback? I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be great. Thanks. What is it? And it was like, why, you know, you show everything on your face, you let the little things get to you. And why are you so hung up about this women in business thing? And that's probably where I thought, wow, like there is so much still to do. And Mm. yeah, I left that probably wallowed in bed for a good 48 hours and then went, yeah, Oki is going to be my focus from here on in. More of us need to be empowered to start our own business or to stand up to people in a workplace, you know, to identify that there is gender bias. Yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going in that, that quest, but yeah, that were the two moments where I Mm. thought, yeah, I'm onto something with Oak. How do you find your stories now? Instagram. Mm. (laughs) Insta sometimes, usually, honestly, it, it comes from interviewing someone and them saying, my gosh, you need to meet my friend. You know, that, that's how it all starts. You know, we, I think we all have a cheerleader out there and yeah, so many people, yeah, recommend another person. The workshops are still a big part of why um, I do them as well. So it's just meeting so many business owners from rural areas and, and listening to their stories. And, you know, a lot of the time, yeah, you'll see them pop up in the magazine. Tell me about your workshops. So the workshops I do independently under Oak, as well as through another organization called Rural Business Connections, and have been for like five years now. And literally, I travel to other small rural areas to deliver Instagram, um, LinkedIn, MailChimp, Canva, Facebook training, so that those people don't have to travel far distances to Melbourne or to Bendigo to get that type of digital literacy. Yeah, it's it's to help them catch up with the rest of us. You know, there's definitely some hurdles when you live rural, you know, in terms of just even your internet connection to start with, but also access to 
experts, you know, people with those skills and knowledge. Um, and yeah, I just love that it's easy for me to travel to them and, and to spend two days, you know, in their town and, and learn all about their businesses, share with them how to use social media so more people know about them and give them that confidence and and obviously to spend some time in their town and you know and that's accommodation it's eating out it's shopping yeah and then it's telling other people oh I went to Barham or Kundruk you know mm-hmm. this week and you know there's this great little cafe that you have to check out and stay here and if you go along down here there's a great little walking track you know you should take your kids camping I reckon it'd be really good. Mm. it's the perfect accompaniment to what you do it is yeah 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 exactly in the field so do you feel like oak is although it does tell stories from everywhere is it mostly focused on victoria yes and no i think vic new south wales are definitely our stronger base most of our readership comes from new south wales Hmm. we're definitely breaking into queensland and south australia now like I can see when you map out the stories when you map out the sales like you can see how that works and I suppose to keep in mind our front covers have always been Vic New South Wales based so I mean strategically you know we need a Queensland based front cover but yeah we have our first story from the Northern Territory and from Tassie uh, in the next issue so you know I know it's four years but these things take time and I I think I'm comfortable with that as well now having had a, a first time business that, yeah, it just doesn't happen overnight. It's never going to be an overnight success. And I can't be across every state, you know, in one issue. It's going to take a little bit of time. And I'm, I'm hoping that this year is that time to try and get a few of these things in place um, to set me up. So on the flip side or on the other, in the other side of your life, which is family life and home life, and you did touch before on, you know, how full on it is in the lead up to, to deadline so Mm. and you're a mum of four tell me about those days and how you manage those weeks yes well I obviously also love to travel and do social media workshops because it takes me away it's just (laughs) nice to have (laughs) just some me time but how do I manage honestly it's it's a massive partnership at home I feel like David, my husband probably does more than I do, you know, and, and it also comes down to our kids, you know, they're so independent um, and self-sufficient that, you know, there's not a lot that we need to do. We don't need to run around after them every morning and tell them like, get out of bed, come on, what are you doing? Pack your lunches. Like, yeah, just none of that. You know, I, I live in my own little world, you know, in the bathroom getting ready for what I have to do um how good how old are they (laughs) so they are and I always get this wrong isn't that terrible so (laughs) I can relate I'm sure many mums can (laughs) 15 13 12 and 6 so they're a bit older yes yeah with my ones anyway well and that's the thing I mean the we've got the two older ones uh, at high school which definitely makes it easy and then the two in primary school and I think you know when you've got three older siblings the little ones just probably more independent than them all yeah they can do all their own things so as a mum of four do you feel like the household is highly organized and you need to be organized to make sure everything flows beautifully or does it just kind of come together for you guys I think it comes together I honestly think when you've got a bigger family and we've got friends that have you know four and six kids sort of thing so 
we see that with them as well. Everyone has jobs. You know, you all have to pitch in for, for it to work, for us to all be able to go out to sport, you know, on a Wednesday night and be able to get three of them to three different places and then still have the little one and make sure one of us has got it. <laughs> yeah, it's communication. It's a calendar that I have a paper calendar um, on the fridge and everything is written in it where everyone is. And if it's not on the calendar, well, sorry, you've missed out and you're not going to that party because I didn't know about it. (laughs) We all, I suppose, have our jobs. We all just fall into line. (laughs) That doesn't sound right, but. (laughs) No, no, it's so interesting. I just love learning about how other people (laughs) run their days and manage life, including children the home life and things. So the Manson Podcasting Network is launching in the end, at the end of July, a new podcast, which is called Daily Routines. I would love to know what time you get up and what's the first thing you do and how your day sort of rolls on from there. I think it's changed a bit, Sky, with with COVID, to be honest. I definitely was more of the night owl. Um, I think that comes from working at a newspaper on the sub-editing desk. You know, your day starts at 3 p.m. So, um, and then you work into the night. For me with the mag, it's always been evenings, but that is completely switched now. I'm a, definitely a nine to five or actually nine to three. As soon as those kids mm. come home, it, it is about them. Yeah, I suppose I get up with my husband at 6.42 because that's, he sets the alarm and that's, oh, that's he's awesome. big on numbers. Why, why? He's all, uh, who knows? I mean, it's the same thing where the volume has to be on an even number or two up. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't do that stuff. It, it drives me insane. But yeah, he's a 6.42. I get up and making coffee and I know how that sounds. <laughs> But this is something that's come out of COVID, you know, because otherwise I'd be in bed until the very last minute until I have to drive a kid to school. That's our routine. We bought a coffee machine in between lockdowns one and two. And I love it. I love getting up and making one. I think if I had time, I would love to work at a cafe or have my own little cafe or something. So yeah, I get up and make him coffee. Um, He does all the lunch boxes and things like that. If I have to do them, there's post-it notes everywhere to tell me, make sure you put this in here. This one doesn't like that. So that's sort of how the morning starts. I drop the girls off in winter. Normally they would get them, everyone gets themselves to school uh, in summer, but just, yeah, if it's wet and yeah, I'll drive them. Yeah, it's pretty much depends on what my day is. So depending if I have to travel or I have a workshop, that's pretty much what drives what my day looks like. But yeah, I pretty much get onto the emails. I mean, that's the first thing, get on there and get a few out of the way. Or depending where I am in the print cycle, I'll go in and exercise. I'll go to the gym. And that's only a recent thing as well. I'm trying to get exercise back into my life because I think there's something that always drops. There's always a ball. You can't have them all. And I think that that's the one that dropped for me uh, with Oak. So having the two businesses was was just too much, obviously. And and something had to give, and that was my exercise. And I've noticed that. So I'm so, so lucky to have a friend that owns a gym and her and my husband, I think conspired. And yeah, she'd ring up and say, oh, what are you doing? tomorrow morning and I'm like oh nothing I'm thinking oh catch up with her this will be good she goes great I've booked you into such and such a class oh my god you know so you know that was sort of how it got started me getting in there and yeah just absolutely so how did you structure that into your days do you organize it in advance and block out that hour or or hour and a half or whatever it takes or do you just see an hour coming up yeah that's pretty much it yep Mm-hmm. see where that that two-hour block is uh, and then, yeah, work around that. So 
I just, and I mean, everyone knows this when we exercise, it's like preaching to the converted, is it? We know why we do it. We feel good. It's great in orphan. You know, I think at 40 for me, you know, having some older friends sort of talking about health, I'm like, this is something I need to get onto now. Like I need to think about that, you know, and I know myself, my God, I get down on the floor and it's probably laughable how hard it is for me to get up and, you know, everything's like, oh my gosh, this is hurting today. And that's sore. And sort of I've blinked and got old. <laughs> I haven't reached 40 yet. And I feel like that too. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, you know, my husband's really fit. So that's a hard thing as well. And for the kids to say, oh no, dad can do the running at 40, you know, you won't be able to run. And it's like, well, oh, this is terrible. It's also to prove to them that I can keep up with them. Brutal you know, honesty and, from the kids. Oh, oh my gosh. And I have no idea where they get that from. <laughs> <laughs> So what yeah. about dinner and cooking and things in your house? It sounds like is does Dave your husband do that? Oh, that's yeah. so, <laughs> do you enjoy it or I does don't... he does he really No, love I it? hate it. No, he loves it. And it's something that we knew, I think, on the second date that he's not marrying me for my cooking skills. I think I burnt the pasta. Um, <laughs> I boiled the pasta dry or something. I was making spaghetti bowl. And I think he knew then, like, oh my God, yeah, I'm gonna have to step up and do that was well played yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) it has a lot to do with the fact that I don't enjoy it and that what I cook is always rushed Um, I'm not one to follow a recipe or take my time and yeah that shows in my cooking so even the kids are wrapped that you know David cooks (laughs) do you get stressed at all you sound like you you don't like you kind of manage it all and but tell me what if you do have a bad day what do you do to get yourself back on an even keel yeah, it was, it was interesting because I knew we would talk about daily routines and I was um, chatting to David about it. <laughs> Obviously, what I see and what he sees are two different things. So, yes, I am a bit of a stressor, like highly stressed. I probably keep it in very well. I probably compartmentalize it very well, I think, when I'm on, if that makes sense. So, you know, if I've got a workshop or an interview, whatever's happened, you know, this morning just has to stay there and I just have to get on with that task. And I think so many mums could probably relate to that. Like, you know, we do drop off, school drop off. It's horrific for anyone. And you've just got to be able to set it aside. I think we get very good at that, at at putting that morning aside and being able to walk into work and, you know, be on your A game. Yes, I do stress and my husband did suggest that it might be good to get some routines and rituals <laughs> into my life. Look what you've been able to achieve even without one. It's amazing. I know. Mm. <laughs> I can be a little manic, I think. So if a day goes pear-shaped, you know, and that happens regularly, honestly, it's um, finding a way. It's the, finding the circuit breaker for me. And I know that circuit breaker can be a shower. So just taking yourself away from that situation And it's the same as something, you know, you can't get through a particular project. A shower always works well for me. You know, going to a cafe, just finding that that little different routine just to get you off the desk or exercise. And that's the hardest one to push. Like I've obviously been quite stressed getting this issue out and I'd put exercise to the back again because, you know, obviously the late nights and just working a bit more on it. It's just made such a difference just in the last week. Yeah, just being back in the gym and just circuit breaking really the other thing I do is the movies Uh, so not watching Netflix or anything but actually going to the movies where I can't do anything for two hours I can't get on my phone I can't 
yeah, I've just got to sit there and enjoy what's on the big screen and it's a dark room. So that really helps as well. But um, that is such yeah. a good one. Going oh, to the I love movies. it. You're right. You can't do yep. anything except watch no. the movie. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck there for, what is it? Two and a half hours. And it's just easy to forget whatever's happening. And I mean, it's no fun to open up your phone after it, but yeah, I don't ever, ever look at my emails now after six o'clock. Like that's an absolute no. My thing to that is that nothing ever good comes after six o'clock for any of us, regardless if you work for yourself or you work in corporate or or for someone else, never check your emails after six o'clock because no one is going to send you a nice compliment after six o'clock. It's always... (laughs) It's always a complaint or a problem, I find. And what about social media? Do you switch off at six o'clock for that too? Yeah, I don't get on too much. I don't post in the evenings anymore. And it's literally because I don't want to spend my time on there, you know, responding to comments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are to post at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, we'll expect people, you know, people are going to comment. And I think if they are, you need to pay that respect back and, and comment back. I mean, mm. engagement's so hard to get. So for me, yeah, I, I'm not online in the evenings much at all anymore. It's literally it's probably trying to get the husband to put his phone down as well. Mm. Yeah. The kids are in bed at eight. Like that's our thing. Um, whether they go to sleep at eight, I don't know, but yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in bed at eight and yeah, we sit down and we get to watch our shows and just try and wind down. I think that's a thing. Sleep's so important. Do you try yeah. and get to bed early or at a specific time? Oh, it's always around that 10, 10.30, yeah, during the week. And I just know, yeah, the more sleep I have, the better human I am for everyone around me. Oh, I love it. So interesting. Okay, so in ending, are you more of a book girl or more of a podcast girl? Books, paper. I love it. I love getting lost in a book. I had to have a look at what I've got lying around and, again, I've got so many self-development books Mm. (laughs) and business books everywhere. None of them are read. They're all in perfect condition, but I love young adult. Yeah. I love, you know, that whole vampires and the Fae and stuff like that. And Mills and Boons. Oh my God. I love Mills and Boone. So they're my, I mean, they're really opposite ends of the spectrum, the reading spectrum, but yeah, that's how I lose myself in a book. I love a good series. Yeah, a bit of escapism, definitely. Yeah, it's it's nothing like my real world. Get me out of it. And it's the same with podcasts. Like I struggle, I love podcasts, but I struggle to listen to them from start to finish without pausing and, and thinking. They're not something that I, I listen to to switch off. Yeah, they usually get me thinking about things and about work and like a different project or something like that. So yeah, books, definitely that escapism, just switch off from the world. Kimberly, it's been so cool chatting to you and getting to know a little bit more about how you manage your busy life, all the things you've achieved. And I look forward to watching how you go with the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award and also to see, I don't know, hopefully this year or maybe next, um, an audio version of Oak Magazine. Yeah, and a podcast van. I bought a van that I'm hoping to take around um, <sighs> regional and rural Australia and interview people. So, um, you know, just that in-person contact is so important for us all and helps reduce that feeling of isolation. But, you know, to be able to go to them and, you know, sit face-to-face and, and hear someone share their story and experience their town and not worry about internet connection or anything like that, 
yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping to do this year. And, and that's all off AgriFutures, just having that confidence in myself that I can make this work. And, and this is an area in terms of rural stories. This is an area that is worth investing in. And I can't wait for anyone else to do it. I think if some of us lead, um, others will follow and it, it'll just be good for everyone. You are speaking my dream. That is so cool. I have dreamt about having a little van that you can take it on a rural road trip for so long. And so that's awesome. I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up on the way. Meet me at Blakey Creek. And so is it fitted out as a studio? It's getting there. Again, I've bought the van and I'm doing the floorboards at the moment. So putting the floor in. But this whole DIY thing, like I've gone and called in my father-in-law, to be honest. I'm like, oh, this is just not relaxing, this whole DIY (laughs) thing. Like Bunnings is a nightmare. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely have enough in there for me to be able to be comfortable and, and do what I need to do. But also be able to take it all out if I if I need to if that makes sense just in case you never know I can't wait to watch that come to life more that's so exciting <laughs> send me some photos and yeah, oh, I will you here you can swing swing up the highway on the way to Sydney or something and drop into gunning and we'll um find some stories for you oh absolutely I've popped so it up here. on insta and I think so many people with us oh my gosh come here and I'd we'd love to all share our stories and this is what it comes back to the start of our conversation sky how do we monetize this how do we make sure that it's viable for us all so yeah that's the the probably the big puzzle piece at the moment that i need to to figure out find and and fit in well it's been a pleasure to chat thank you so much kimberly thank you so there we have it Kimberly Furness of Oak Magazine. You've probably heard of Kimberly and her magazine before, but I hope that after hearing some of her backstory, you too will become more invested in her publication. She really does seem to have it all pretty well sorted, doesn't she, in terms of routines and managing her days. Our Daily Routines podcast is weeks away from launching. If you want to know more, you can find the trailer episode at mansonpodcasting.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Or actually, the easiest and the funnest way is just to subscribe to our newsletter, which you can do via the show notes, our website, or via at Manson Podcasting on Instagram. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with another magazine creator. This time it's Sky O'Neill who lives in the UK.